What you're about to listen to was recorded years ago when we were but young folk. This is a recap of a previous season of Stranger Things. We decided to drop them again to refamiliarize you with the show, just in case you don't have time to rewatch them all. We also encourage you to check out the rest of the show. Back in the days of yesteryear, we uh, recapped each individual episode in depth and had a great time. A lot of people seem to have fun doing that, so feel free to revisit those. We're looking forward to Stranger Things Season 4, so be sure to catch on up and listen to our live recap of season four. Before that, we'll be back to discuss the season four trailer and rewatch the first three seasons and go over it all again. Make newer, fresher, hopefully more accurate predictions. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. That's the cut. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. And we are hot, hot off the trail of season two of Stranger Things. I just saw the trailers for the very first time. And I'm fucking stoked. And you can like, oh, I doubt he just now saw those trailers. He's just totally trying to make it up. So the show sounds cooler. And you can believe that if you want. If your life is devoid of any majesty or magic, that's (laughs) fine. But it's true. It I, is. I, you should have watched Chris watch those trailers for the first time. He was like a small boy. He was giddy with excitement. He kept like snapping his head over at us like, did you go see that? And they're like, yeah, I've seen that much time. So, yeah, I, I typically avoid trailers. I am uh, part of the spoiler averse culture. Uh, I view things unsullied, as Jeff Kanata says. Uh, big fan of that guy. So I try to avoid all promotional work for any property as much as possible and go in blind. But since I'm doing this show for you folks, I wanted to obviously have seen the trailers for the season one wrap up season two preview episode, which is what we're doing right now. We're going to wrap up season one. Just some quick overall thoughts. We did some very deep dives on each episode individually. So we've already pretty much talked about everything there is to talk about us mm-hmm. as, in regards to season one. We're just going to wrap things up in a nice little bow like it's a gift to Jonathan Byers from Nancy and move on to a season two preview. Just real quick, um, if you guys haven't subscribed or rated and reviewed the show by now, please take the time to do so before season two kicks in because we're going to have some serious stiff competition. So if you're a fan of the show and the extra work that we put in, I've listened to other Stranger Things podcasts. They're great. They're wonderful. I'm sure they're very nice people. Uh, but I feel like here at Streaming Things, we uh, put a little bit extra, a little bit extra, oh, make it extraordinary. Sure. You know, yeah. that's the difference between ordinary and extraordinary. Just a little extra. A little elbow grease. And mm-hmm. Streaming Things puts that in. Hour and a half episodes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We love this show. Those shows mm-hmm. don't have Andy. Mm-mm. Yeah, they don't. They yeah. do not. I that's... think one of them does have a guy named Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. There's one, of, there's one of us everywhere. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> At least, including one on the show uh, about which we're talking. So, please subscribe, rate, and review. We need some competition. Wrong. We have competition. We need to be the competition. We need to Uh, beat them. (laughs) Beat them. Beat them to the ground. You, dear listener, can be the hopper fist 
that fists the competition. Phrasing. <laughs> Phrase. You're like Ted of the show. Language. Language. <laughs> Anywho. So moving right on. Once you've done all that, I'm sure you did it real quickly and we can move in. Uh, overall thoughts uh, for season one. I'm trying to. I can't concentrate after those trailers. But, right. Uh, Andy, I mean, anything um, that pops out in general? I guess we should probably lead this discussion a little bit. So, uh, Andy, what was your favorite performance of season one? Uh, my favorite performance would probably have to be You're putting him on the spot. He wasn't ready. Joyce. Yeah. So, why no writer? Why no writer? Joyce, the best performance in the yeah, show. I think so. Um, I, obviously, like my my gut kind of wants to say that a Billy Bobby Brown is eleven was the best performance, but biggest breakout by far. Mm-hmm. But as far as the one that I think was um, the most uh, affecting and uh, true to form, like most believable in a way that I think uh, made me reflect on like my parents and or my mother rather, and just like you know, what it could mean to lose a child and like what it would be like to be caught up in the situation where you're so confused. You, you think you're going mad, but you know, you, you believe these things and all this stuff's happening around you. And I just think Winona Ryder killed it. She got so much flag after the show came out for going over the top. And I think that she did it exactly the way she needed to, to make me care about this character. Um, when she toned it back, I, I, it made me sit up, made me pay attention. Uh, like my favorite scene in the entire series is when the, her little maternal moment with Eleven uh, before Eleven goes looking mm-hmm. in the in-between for um, Will. And yeah, so I'd have to say that Winona definitely uh, takes the trophy. Right on. She's great. Steve, what would you say is the best performance of um, the show? The best performance of the show, I you know... I have to go with Winona as well. Um, everything that Annie just touched on to a T is she's, she's, you know, she's a star in it. She's great. Um, but to talk about something different, the coolest character in the show is definitely Millie Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Like she's my favorite character of the whole show. And that, that a lot of that has to do with Millie Bobby Brown's performance. Um, you talk about it a lot on the past episodes. It's yeah. just Millie Bobby Brown can convey so many words with just, a tilt of her head or thank God. Cause they don't yeah. give her many. <laughs> she has like four words <laughs> and she can convey so much more with just the slightest movement in her face. And it's, it really, imp- it's so impressive for someone of her age, not only that she can do that, but that they were able to find her. Yeah, that's, absolutely. that's a next to impossible task. And they did it. And well, she- they sought out the far shores of Britain, which is where you find all great actors. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my experience. I cannot believe she's British. I just found that out watching those trailers. Oh, uh, you just, I, found that out. I didn't know. Well, I mean, I should have assumed. She's like, oh, I've never really had an echo before, and it's interesting to me. No syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I've had crumpets, as you might expect. Uh, she's She's becoming more and more cockney yeah I noticed that (laughs) hairs on a bobbin old bunt Um, thank god they took me out of that chimney (laughs) (laughs) apologies to any listeners in the UK oh we have some and I apologize Um, Chris who was your favorite performer my uh, favorite performance I'm torn I know I should have thought about this uh, at length beforehand Uh, Rip Torn which is a very unfortunate (laughs) name of an actor that stars in Men in Black um, and the show Sliders. Did you ever see that? Yeah. On mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Channel. Anywho, um, enough about Rip Torn. I, I want to say Millie Bobby Brown 
In fact, I'm going to. But can you guess who I was almost going to say? Steve. Jaybird. Steve <laughs> of streaming things. Um, hey, that's me. Charlie Heaton was a close third because I think he's incredible. Also didn't know he was British. I think David Harbour uh, in the finale really Crushed ramped it. up for me a great deal. Uh, it meant a lot to me. And I, and I realized how subtle his performance was. He's obviously playing the cool guy, the hard nosed detective, um, the fighter. Uh, but there's so much more going on underneath and I think it had to be difficult. You know, he's constantly dealing with as an actor. Okay. I'm grieving. I'm really fucking drunk. <laughs> I'm also grieving my daughter. I have lost everything in life that means anything to me. And I'm trying so hard to care about this present and be of use to other people because inherently I am a good person. So he's trying to be a good cop, but most of the petty things are just not able to arouse him from his depressed Xanax slumber, right? So the day-to-day -day grind of typical Hop Hawkins police work, you know, uh, old Jimmy's boy lost his bike, you know, and he's just like, who gives a fuck, Joe? <laughs> I mean, seriously? It's 8.30, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Flow. So uh, that meant a lot to me in that finale, watching his arc uh, and grieving his daughter Sarah and... and how much it meant to him on a personal level to to rescue Will and, and complete that for Joy. Uh, Joyce, I'm sorry. I, I just want to say David Harbour, but I just can't. I talk so much about Millie Bobby Brown throughout the first season of streaming things that I just think it would it'd be too much of a Shyamalan for me to say anyone mm -hmm. else. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown absolutely <laughs> killed it for It'd me. It would be even more Shyamalan if you were like, my favorite actor was Troy. That kid, <laughs> really, I felt him pee himself. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Holly. I, I, felt, I felt him. <laughs> Baby Holly's a close second. <laughs> so, okay, who do you think was the MVP? And just to let you know, I don't want to cheat and uh, throw pull the rug out from under you guys later. I'm considering cast and crew in this. So who's the MVP in terms of who is, who is the most responsible for the success of Stranger Things? Um, I mean, that would probably be an obvious uh, Matt and Ross Duffer. So it, if we don't phrase it that way. Just overall MVP. Most valuable player. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby uh, Brown. So much of the story hinges on a young girl being able to you know, convey all these deep emotions without any real lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned before, they, it's amazing that they found someone who has the acting caliber that she does because it, the show is anchored around her in a way she connects all the stories together. And if you had someone in that role that wasn't, um, as good as her wasn't her that was, yeah that wasn't her. Um, then the whole thing would more than likely fall apart and it would not I succeed. Think the show would have worked. But I, Eleven is a cultural icon. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I predict that decades from now, if someone shaves their fucking head, puts on a pink dress, and puts a little blood in their nostril, well, they might just look like a crackhead. But I think <laughs> people will get the reference. They're going to say, Eleven, fuck yeah. You know I mean? like, <laughs> for decades. And that is Millie Bobby Brown, uh, in my opinion. So I totally mm. support that for sure. Uh, Andy, who would you give the uh, MVP to? Ted. 
Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he just made us reflect so much on what it means to be an absentee father. Right? <laughs> made me look deep down into myself and think about for my future children, am I going to be a Ted? Don't Will I finish the, rise the popcorn? The Will I finish the popcorn? <laughs> Do I care about the language? Uh, no, I'm going to have to go with uh, Millie B. Millie, Millie B. Millie BB. Millie BB. For the uh, MVP, uh, absolutely. The, like you said, she's an iconic character now, and that's entirely because of her performance. I don't think that anyone else could have pulled it off the way that she did. It's just something that really sticks with you, and she nailed it. It couldn't have been anybody else. What about you? Honestly, I'm going to have to go with the editing team of Stranger Things. Unsung um, heroes. The unsung heroes. They don't all wear capes. Uh, the direction's phenomenal. The writing. The Duffer Brothers have been working on this story for their uh, most of their adult lives. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost flawless. Uh, there's so much um, character work and, and arcs and all of the homage, and yet they've become something fresh and new with this story. It's amazing, but I was just constantly amazed at the tiny nuances that were put into place from the editing team. Um, uh, there, it, just in the finale, we didn't talk about it because we had so much to talk about, and it was like an almost two-hour episode, and we still missed a bunch of things that I wanted to go over, but uh, I remember... I, f- I forget quite what it was, but there was uh, some rapid-fire machine guns in two different places. Mm-hmm. I forget where the second place was happening. Um, when they were shooting at the Demogorgon in the, in the school? There was that, but it was like maybe the gunfire from Nancy. They cut yeah. on gunfire to a certain point when it was separate gunfire that it led into. Hmm. And it's just not always easy to do that. It's, you know, we've made films and uh, you say what you want about them, but we know a bit about how much the, st- the struggle is real. Uh, and they're just flawlessly able to integrate this sound design and these match cuts uh, to and it doesn't distract from the story. It's only on a second watch that I was just starting to see this look at the seams and I had to dig deep into this fabric to find any seams. And I'm just so impressed. Uh, the flashbacks I talked about at great length, uh, where to place those and the kind of information that they had. Um, I, I just could not be more impressed with the editing on this. So I did some digging. Uh, the editors, uh, Kevin D. Ross uh, was the editor on all eight episodes, but he had some help from uh, Dean Zimmerman, who helped on four of the episodes, Nat Fuller, who helped on four of the episodes, which probably an assistant editor. Uh, mm-hmm, sure. F- one on the first four and one on the second four, maybe, or just interspersed. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, Dream job. Catherine Naranjo was on, uh, given credit for editing. Oh, I am sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> Kevin D. Ross, Goman Nasai. Kevin D. Ross is uh, did eight episodes from 2016 to 2017. Dean Zimmerman did uh, so. Maybe season one was just Dean Zimmerman and Kevin, and then Catherine and Nat helped on season two because they were only given 2017 credits. So I apologize. Oh, okay. We have yet to see your work, Nat. <laughs> see if you can fill those shoes. <laughs> yeah. You got shit on Dean. Uh, so thank you so much to the editor. I just I don't know. I know that's random and a bit hokey, but. I just could not be more impressed with editing. Uh, never felt that way about a show before. Like the editing, oh my god! You know, like as a person who wants to be an editor, sure. I'm so glad you've given them their their due. High five, Steve. I didn't even. So give as you probably know a great deal more. I mean, you do a lot of physical editing. What, what did you think about the editing in Stranger Things? Oh, it's fantastic! Like you, you, you put the. You know, they're able to use the sound design to kind of lead into transitions using sound. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do a lot of 
sometimes they do a lot of cute fun cuts sure um it's just great all around and and the the, it looks great it's a great looking show and there was never really a point where it seemed to drag uh a lot of a lot of uh, the good sign of good editing is not only that you make the performers look look great but also that the flow of the sh- of the show or film doesn't seem not to literally s- the character flow no, not, not literally <laughs> flow uh but the flow of the show uh, or film doesn't seem to drag it like 20 minutes will seem like two that's a that's a and that's the show into a t because we watch eight episodes and i i'm still kind of like that was it I want more. <laughs> oh totally i, I remember the, a meme going around when season one first ended it was uh tyrone from the Dave Chappelle show, the crackhead character. Oh, yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Y'all got any more of those Stranger Things episodes? You know, it was just, uh, that was the meme. And it, everybody knew, like, that was, it went viral because that's how everybody felt. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally awesome. So any unanswered questions from season one? Obviously, uh <laughs> They alluded to them in the meta Dungeons and Dragons game, the big ones, like what the fuck was Hopper doing in the car? Mm-hmm. Um, and where is Eleven? Because we all assume she was not dead. Mm-hmm. So anything other than that, I guess? What's up with William? Yeah. Sure. What's going on? Why'd he be puking? I want to know why we only ever saw the one monster from the Upside Down. Like, that's a whole Seems alternate. Seems a vast place. Yeah, it's a whole alternate dimension, you know, and it's at least as big as Hawkins, and there's just the one of it. Right. You know, so. Um, did you guys ever, uh, did you guys ever read, I know they made a movie, but I haven't seen it, but did you ever see Stephen King's The Langoliers? Mm-mm. Or read it? I never read it, no. Where, like, it's, it's a plane of people end up, I, th- I think they, like, end up going through some sort of portal somehow. In, in an airplane and below them the world's going dark because monsters are like literally eating the reality and that's how like each day changes a day will happen and then that that world that little slice of that day is like in limbo for a little bit until monsters eat it and that's how time is consumed essentially and that makes it real time well like if, if it's not in the present it's in this alternate reality that's being eaten by monsters so okay. that there's only like what's present Oh, so I'm wondering if maybe the upside down could be something like that, maybe because I know there's a lot of references to Stephen King sure. novels. That so would maybe be interesting. That'd be a bit much. Maybe like the vines that it seems that the Demogorgon yeah. like is so associated with is like consuming the world. It almost looked like in the trailer there was like a world of worlds size monster. Oh, there. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know what's going on with that. I'm calling it the Tesla Hydra. That, oh, the Thessal Hydra. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the when the kids are playing the Dungeons and Dragons game at the very end of season one, they uh, they have the big monster moment reveal when they run into it, and Will defeats it immediately in, in yeah. this version. But it's no longer the Demogorgon; it's the, the Thessal Hydra. So that's, that's what I'm going to call that, even okay. if they don't do it in the show. I'm sure they will. They, I hope so. Calling it now. Calling it now. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I don't really have any other uh, the, the eggs in the upside down. Yeah, how many demogorgons are there? Demogorgi? I'm not sure what the plural of demogorgon is. What are the extent of Eleven's powers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, apparently she's alive. Because I, by the way, if, if, to, to remind you, I just now saw the trailer that was probably released the first one like six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Comic Con, mm-hmm. San Diego Comic Con, yeah, June, I think. So yeah, I just now saw it. So to see. Eleven's alive body <laughs> sticking through her arm through the portal coming back to the school. 
I just almost clapped. I may have actually clapped. Yeah, I'm not you sure. Did. I did yeah. actually clap. You did clap. <laughs> okay. So happy. I mean, I knew she wasn't dead, but because I'd seen interviews with Millie Bobby, like, yeah, it was great filming season two. Uh, or, I'm sorry, filming season two. Uh, <laughs> AV Club. <laughs> she was offset. Like, that's not how they. Anyway, uh, yeah, very stoked to see that. Um, but yes, where did she go? Why did she disintegrate? You know, I still have these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you remember how season one started, it kept the audience very much in the dark, uh, which was just so artfully done. It is so hard to tell a story that complex, especially a supernatural one where you have to establish a new universe of laws without just straight exposition. It's very difficult. And... I can't think of any other story offhand. I'm sure there's been dozens and dozens that have done it this well. Uh, the only one that comes to mind is The Matrix, hmm. um, which is, I think, canon is one of the best movies of all time from a storytelling perspective, at least the first Matrix. Yeah. And if you recall your first viewing, it's hard to think back to 1999. You know, I was 11. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> but I, you don't know what the fuck is going on for a great portion of that movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very uh, philosophical and yeah. kind of like, what is life? What is well, the just world? Like guy on a cell phone, robot thing in his stomach. Yeah. What the fuck? You it's know, it's like mouth melts into yeah. like no mouth. Don't know what's real. And uh, anyway, that's how I felt through the first four or five episodes of Stranger Things. And it just all organically becomes known to you. Mm-hmm. And that is hallmark of perfect storytelling. Yeah, when uh, when I first started watching Stranger Things, I I had only started watching maybe a week after it had released, and I only started watching because people said a it's really good mm. and b do you like the eighties <laughs> right and so that's literally all I knew going into the show was that there was eighties kids and weird shit happened in a town it could have been like Halloween Town or whatever that <laughs> NBC show was <laughs> oh no that's the Disney original movie yeah right? Disney original movie yeah, yeah fucking love that movie it, it could have been Halloween Town probably, <laughs> you know but yeah. I, I, I I started watching it and it was not at all what I was expecting but I loved it I didn't even like the 80s I didn't think I did I'm not a huge fan of 80s music even though I was born in the 80s uh, more of a 90s type kid you know what I mean mm-hmm. um I learned something funny today. Sorry, a little tangent here. Apparently, British people refer to the early aughts, like 2000, 2009, as the noughties. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? That's, That's way cooler than the aughts. <laughs> the aughts. Sick aughts joke. Sick aughts joke, bro. Sick noughties joke. <laughs> noughties. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, those are the only uh, lingering questions. Uh, I have more a rules of the upside one. down. Sure. Um, what the fuck happened to uh, one through ten? Ah. That's kind of one of my theories mm. for season two is that we might get a glimpse at Ooh, like an evil an evil eleven. We're gonna get to see nine or whoever. It'll probably you know. be a little more distant. Like it six. would be it would be seven because seven literally ate nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when they hung out, they'd be a seven eleven. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Um, I will be so sad if that turns out to be an actual plot line. <laughs> that seven, eight, nine. I doubt no, it. No, that like this is seven and eleven. You don't seven, think it'd be, it'd be cool? Well, yeah. I, I. It is interesting in that they'd be so much older though. If it was a, mm-hmm. a spirit, especially like a three. There was an interesting line uh, when Doctor Brenner first contra- confronts Joyce in the finale of this. Um, like I, I believe he walks up to her and he goes six, uh. six. 
six people have died, yada, yada. But just like the emphasis that he puts on six, I was in there like, oh, shit. Yeah. Joyce is six. And then, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten, and then, then 11 came around. Now, that's almost guaranteed to not be the case. But I, oh, I that Joyce was six? Yeah. Like, I thought that why would be Why don't you remember me, six? We yeah. had lots of long talks. And that's why she's so cry, cry. Six. Uh, I never six did say it, too, not to knock Winona, but the reason I don't give the trophy to Winona um, I think she is not the most stable person in real life. No. She's not acting. <laughs> so I don't know how much That's of her. the nervous disposition. If you remember when the, the first award season year, uh, as the speech that I think David Harbour gave, yes, yes, yes. it's famously her nonsensical reactions yes. in the background. Dude, that's fucking Joyce. Like, yeah. I, someone took that video and they had like a piece of pizza that was floating yeah. around, and it looked like she's like, oh, what? She's like following it with her eyes. Yeah. It was the most amazing, was amazing thing ever. So just stuff like that. Not to know. I know she's a phenomenal actress. I just, you know what I mean. That's what just takes it from me. It's like I don't know how much of a stretch that was for her. Uh, anywho, um, not gonna defend the Millie Crown. It doesn't. It needs no defense. Uh, I forget where what led me into the Winona factor from Andy's statement. Oh, the six. Mm. Um, some some things we could just talk about. Some things that stood out from the trailer. Some uh, season two predictions. Uh, we talked about on the finale that Dr. Brenner. They left room for him to be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the big thing I figured out that everybody already knew because they hadn't they'd seen the trailers months ago. That I thought it was a big thing on the that finale. That Hopper knows that Eleven is alive. That's why he's feeding yes. and putting food in the box. Hopper knows Eleven's alive. That's why he's putting the Eggos in the box. And we saw that in the second trailer that was released recently. Eleven's got the most adorable little winter hat. She's, uh, she's got hair. <laughs> little flannel. Curly hair. She's got a jerry curl or I something. Love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little afro. Um, but no, I just love that little hat. And she's just living outside. Like, it's cold out here. <laughs> But I got my egos. My egos. <laughs> It'd be super funny if she was like it's, a teenager now. Like, hey, girls, fuck you up. <laughs> I want to know like what the timeline this, is. I'm going to put this on Snapchat. What well, says one year later, I think. Well, yeah, but that, that particular shot. Oh, yeah. Because she's clearly not in the upside down. Right. When she it's opens After she breaks through the portal. Uh, so, like, I, I guess they're just implying that that's immediately after she breaks out of the portal and goes back to the real world. Where'd she get the hat then? Well, the, trailer's, the, hat? the trailer's got some shots where it's pretty clearly that's immediately after the final confrontation yeah. with the Demogorgon. Like, she's still standing in the classroom. Her hair is still very short, but now she's in the classroom version with all of the... Um, uh, oh, the infection stuff around him, uh, around her. And so I think that, like, it, her storyline's going to pick up immediately where it left off and then move forward probably like two years later or whatever. She's all been surviving in the woods is what I, or she's at the lab or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, but Sean Levy, the producer was saying that it was a year later is when the story took place. All those kids hit puberty in that year. Yeah. yeah. There's only so much yeah. they can do with child actors. <laughs> yeah. Finn Wolfhard's balls dropped majorly. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> 11 I went to the snowball alone (laughs) it's cool though do you think that it'll be one of the situations where 11's not present in the show for three episodes three or four episodes possible very very possible like she's like the the quote unquote mid-season bump or it'd be cool if they had a little throwback and she came at the uh, the end of the pilot you know the first episode just like in the the original show Mm. and just at the very end where they run into her in the rain Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and she's just got that hat and an ego in her mouth like oh 
Hi guys. Friends don't lie. <laughs> Friends don't lie. Thanks for the food. <laughs> <laughs> that was Hopper. Um, so yeah, there's the box, the Ego box, uh, left out for eleven. Um, one thing I noticed, that's what I got really excited about. And I think you misread my excitement, Steve. So I saw Joyce with the longer hair. She's lost the uh, haircut, which was apparently an allusion to a character in a different movie. I forget. Andy, Andy called out that ego. Uh, her hair. Yeah. Joyce's hair was made to look like an actress from one of the movies that it references. Anywho, I don't recall. That would have been a lot cooler if I remembered. White chicks. <laughs> Reference uh, episode two of Streaming Things if you want that uh, little tidbit. Uh, no, so she's got the longer hair and she's in scrubs, it looks like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know what that reminded me of? Scrubs? Terminator 2. <laughs> when Linda Hamilton is in the hospital chain smoking at the beginning after oh, all yeah. the crazy oh, nice. events of Terminator 1. Mm-hmm. And now she's a badass and nobody believes her. Uh, that's what, and then the very next scene, right as I was about to pause it and tell Steve, that's a Terminator two ego calling it. Now the voiceover goes, it's judgment day. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, (laughs) which of course everyone knows T2 judgment day. We're going to, we're going to obviously get a whole slew of new egos. Ghostbusters Uh, is obvious. Ghostbusters is obvious. Terminator. There's an obvious close encounters of the third kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, homage with Will opening the door. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the alien looks kind of like a, or the monster looks like a tripod from uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. But that's like a 1950s reference. Yeah, that, well, yeah. That, or the remake with Tom Cruise and the aughts. Yeah, the aughts. <laughs> and the noughties. The the <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see the, the different egos. Cause, and, and also there is a, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting a very distinct Warriors vibe on some of the oh, shots. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can dig <laughs> Which it. Which I am so excited about <laughs> seeing a Steve-led Warriors game. Oh, the Steve shot. We got to talk about that. His now. hair is so much Stevier, dude. He was I love so it. Tom cruise too. <laughs> With the oh, we had the shades, the shades on, shades on, the, on party. And the party's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then Dustin's like, you got the bat, the one, the one with the nails, and he's like, what bat? Oh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the Tarantino trunk shot. Wow. Yep, that was super dope. Uh, yeah, I am so excited. I cannot stand my excitement that I have to wait another. Uh, as we're recording this, it is uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, I'm in trouble at my day job, and I need to wait three more days for <laughs> season two. Uh, so for those that didn't listen to the finale, pause the podcast, go do that. It was a really fun show, bro. Good uh, stuff. Bro. Or lady. Uh, we are going to meet up at 3 a.m. because it's Eastern time zone here in the uh, U.S. of A. And we're going to watch season two together. Uh, any more things you noticed? Uh, it was a lot thrown at me. I know from the trailer. I've only seen it the one time about 10 minutes ago. So I liked uh, some big new big names. Um, the trailer shows Paul Reiser and Sean Astin. Yeah. Running yeah. around. Yeah. It looks like Sean Astin is hugging Joyce. So I'm wondering like, Ooh. she's a love interest for him. Is uh, it? Uh, wait. <laughs> oh, he's a love interest for her. There we go. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I love me some Sean Astin. Yeah. I love me some Paul Reiser. Cannot say enough about how much I love Sean Astin. I mean, Samwise Gamgee, yeah. Rudy. Am I right? Am yeah. I right? Goonies. <laughs> Let me carry it for you, Mr. Frodo. (laughs) I wonder if Feldman's going to make an appearance somewhere. Maybe in the Upside Down. Yeah. (laughs) He's the new Demogorgon. (laughs) Just no makeup. It just looks so good. 
I mean, I, Corey Feldman. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Oh, season two it looks season so good. Season two looks so good. I, I read right. something interesting, and I've tried to stay away from all inside info, so I know no. I've read no reviews or any yeah. kind of you know set spoilers or anything. Uh, uh, one fun tidbit we did talk about before that I think that that Finn Wolfhard after filming it, they had to get him to stop dropping f bombs on the set of Stranger Things. Uh, I think we talked about yeah. that. It was super funny. Uh, you can just imagine <laughs> eleven. What the fuck? You know? uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut, cut. Fan, whoa, fan. Uh, you're Mike. You know, oh, my bad. Uh, that the Duffer Brothers were nervous. I forget. They were on another podcast. Um, I think of a fellow filmmakers. And he was, he just point Blake asked them. So the extreme success of Steven season one, which is considered one of the best shows of all time. Uh, are you nervous about the reception of season two and being able to follow that up? No. And they're like, fuck yeah. We worked our entire lives on season one and we had a year to come up with a story and shoot season two. So them phrasing it that way, it's almost like, oh yeah, there's like no fucking way it would be anywhere near as good. Huh? Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you worried? I'm, I'm, there's one key thing that I'm worried about and that is Will buyers mm. uh because he didn't have to do much and he, he might suck he didn't have to do much in the first season and if i'm being honest out of the four kids he's the one that stuck out to me as the least qualified do you think so or just because you weren't able to endear yourself to him i mean it could be that but there were a couple times where he like delivered a line and i'm like that's a child actor yeah. mm-hmm. doing child acting things um, well he had the most i'm gonna defend will a little bit here he had the hardest role Mm-hmm. He had to play like terrified, haven't drank water in six days. Kids don't know what that feels like uh, until you get to your college years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. Um, and he uh, had all these emotive, sincere moments because he was supposed to play like this overly perfect kid mm-hmm. that like Andy pointed out works great in episode one. Like, oh, I care about this missing kid. Episode eight. It's like, OK, he's <laughs> super cool. I get it. We got it, guys. Um <laughs> You know what I mean? And where they are, the rest of them would get these funny. Because I'll be honest. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gaden Maserato. Yeah, Gaden Maserato. And uh, who plays Lucas? I uh, do not. Lucas is played by Caleb McLaughlin. Oh, that's um, They're not great. I mean, they're great, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're not perfect is what I should have right. said. They're yeah. not perfect. Right. I can see the seams. I can see that they're fucking 12 uh, many yeah. times mm-hmm. throughout the show. Finn Wolfhard, even his career is blown up mm-hmm. uh, and it he's incredible. Yeah. Because he plays that asshole. He's, he's but the when best he's, character in it. <laughs> when he's sincere <laughs> in Stranger Things, he's got some some work to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, from what we've seen of the trailers for season two, uh, Will uh, looks like he's done, does a really good job. Like he's real teary eyed. You know that crazy, stuff. yeah, like, cry yeah. scene looked great. He's yeah. like, I'm seeing these things everywhere. And like, he's, Do you think that was a Sixth Sense reference? I, I got a hard Sixth Sense vibe in that oh, scene. Yeah. I just see dead people, yeah. dead Gorgon people. Haley Joe Osmond pops up out of nowhere. He's Me all, too. Wow. <laughs> I don't. It's not that I don't think that he's. I totally get what you're up saying. Up to the you're task. Right. I'm just concerned about mm-hmm. it because it looks mm-hmm. like he goes from not having a lot of screen time in season one to having a lot. To being of, like the like main to, character, the focal yeah. point. Yeah, I'm at sure. least for the first half. Yeah. What if Eleven gets with Will? She's never oh, met him. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, he's hot. What if he's like, oh my god, he's such a nice guy. And, uh, <laughs> 
he's seen the upside down. I can, I can, per- I'm like, Hey, you remember those slugs in Barb's mouth? And he'd be like, do I? Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one for you. It's named Gary. <laughs> oh, we're not allowed to name things, Steve. Remember Marcy and Lucy? <laughs> Who's Marcy? <laughs> nice. Andy, what, what, do you have any concerns for season two? Uh, that it's going to be over when I finish watching it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm so stoked on it. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I like Steve said, uh, the cultural references get some fresh ones. It looks incredible. Um, I think they probably had a little bit of a bigger budget. Yeah. Which everything sure. looked great for season one. They had a fairly large budget. I think it was 15 million or something. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I have it written down from our episode one notes. Um, I don't any Hoosley. Uh, so there's that. And, and so the goo is probably going to look great this time. Uh, right. The goo, the, the wall goo, goo that she was coming good. through look great. So uh, very stoked. Don't have any overt concerns. Uh, I'm excited to see what they use that budget on soundtrack wise. I might know some yeah. things instead of just Steve this time. <laughs> oh, Eddie and the lizard men. That's my favorite track. Maybe they'll Steve. finally put Jefferson airplane on. That'd be so great. <laughs> that would be great. Which one? No, they did put Jefferson Airplane. They didn't put Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's got to be Fleetwood Mac this time. Just the whole rumor. What about album. Jefferson Starship? Yeah. <laughs> what are thoughts that would be more perfect. Starship. I feel like that was their 80s incarnation. Um, so, yeah, we here at Streaming Things are extremely excited for season two, and we're extremely excited to do the recap with you guys right afterwards. So, we're going to try to follow right along. We're not going to have anything to read. As far as uh, Easter egos to steal from, any people's uh, interpretations, because we're going to binge and record as much as we can and still keep our lives together. Uh, so we're going to need your help. So, again, not to, to, to hammer this home like Steve with the nails into his bat too much, uh, but we really need you to share this. Tell us, uh, tell your friends about us, share it on the Twitter, the Twatter, uh, the Tumblers, whatever you kids are doing these days. And subscribe, rate, yeah. and review this podcast. Let us know if there's something we should change for season two. How are you liking it? Are yeah. we laughing too much? Too many dick jokes? Not enough? I don't know. Can't tell. I mean, last episode, everything was dicks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was upsetting even to me. It's a hack job of an edit for Steve, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hack jobs and dicks, uh, what's her name? Barb. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> wow. So yeah. Also, do want to mention real quick, just in case you forgot, there is a contest currently going on. If you take a screenshot of your subscribing, rating, and reviewing action and send it to streamingthingspod at gmail.com, you are entered automatically to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card from us here at Streaming Things. And uh, we will end that contest on November the 1st and choose randomly from those that have done that. Uh, So if you want to be involved in that, I suggest you just do it because it takes like three minutes. That'd be the quickest $100 you ever made in your life. Three minutes, $100? 300 bones. I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) No. It's it's 100 bones. 300... (laughs) So three minutes, $100. How many minutes... Okay, that's like 60 divided by three is 20,000 greenbacks. 20 times 100. That's like $2,000 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Quit making up denominations and confusing them. It's 100 USD. I don't know how many Bitcoin that is. 
for you nerdy kids. Point zero 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 one <laughs> For you less athletic types, as the principal of Hawkins would say. 100. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Keeping it 100. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to you, uh, seeing you in a few days when, when, when season two drops. Uh, thank you so much for joining us throughout this giant endeavor. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this has been Streaming Things. Season 2.